Games as a service are serious business in 2022, and nothing illustrates that more clearly than a massive Apex Legends leak that hit the internet today. Good morning. Good Wednesday morning to you. I'm Shane Satterfield from Sifted, and this is Good Morning Gaming for March 23rd, 2022. The show is in our patrons' feeds bright and early every weekday morning, and free on our YouTube channel for everyone else. You can find our flagship show, Game Face, by searching your favorite podcast service, You'll find the podcast versions of the rest of our content in the same feed you found this. Yes, much to EA's chagrin, a gigantic leak of Apex Legends information hit the internet today. The big headline here is that we now know the next nine characters that are coming to the game. That is over two years worth of information on one of the industry's biggest games as a service. A new map, new weapons, new heirlooms, and more have been unearthed. But most importantly, nine new playable characters have been uncovered. And I mean uncovered. Full paragraphs of detailed information on each one. Apex Legends typically releases a new character every three months, so if you do the math, that's the next two years plus of content for Apex Legends that is out in the wilds of the internet. The next character coming to the game is called Newcastle. It's a defense legend who can drag down teammates and create a fortified area on the map. The new map is called Divided Moon and upcoming heirlooms for both Crypto and Valkyrie are also described in the leak. The revelations come following a comprehensive leak uploaded anonymously to file hosting sites on Tuesday, and then all that information was shared on Reddit. While I'm really bummed for the folks at Respawn, and to a lesser extent EA, this is a lot of information to get out there that you don't want people to have, it does pull back the curtain at the development of a game as a service. And it is a fascinating look. I've often wondered exactly how far out are these games as a service mapped out? Because honestly, a lot of times, it seems like these games are flying by the seats of their pants. Look at Marvel's Avengers, for example. A failed product, game as a service that just never really caught on for Square Enix. It seemed like the developers of that game were always latching on to the community, and whatever the community's whim was, that's what they would set off and try to accomplish instead of having this defined plan that they believed in, and they stuck to, and they executed. Kind of like what was just uncovered for Apex Legends. And let's think about Apex Legends for a second here. This was a brand new IP developed by a studio that hadn't really had a major hit yet. And so far at this point, Apex Legends is Respawn's biggest hit. It generates well over a billion dollars a year every year. Think about all the games as a service that have come and gone since Apex Legends launched and have all failed. At this point, it's in the top shelf of games as a service, along with Roblox, Rocket League, 
Fortnite, League of Legends, World of Warcraft. All games that have managed to master the formula of a game as a service and continue in perpetuity to do it right. And what this leak has uncovered is that successful games as a service, they have that stuff mapped out way in advance. Way in advance. Destiny is often heralded as one of the bigger games as a service, but if you look at the revenue the game generates, it's really not. It could also be argued that Bungie is also guilty of kind of going whichever direction the wind blows. Now, I would agree that in the last couple years, that seems to have improved. Bungie seems to have been able to create plans and stick to them. But for a long time, particularly with the first Destiny and the first couple years of Destiny 2, it seemed like the plan was always changing or things were always getting delayed, etc. Apex Legends typically sticks to its schedule. Its stuff rarely gets delayed. Even throughout the pandemic, most of the stuff was delivered on time when Respawn said it was going to be delivered. So it appears that if you're working on a game as a service right now, you might want to look at these models of these games that have been successful. You can't just get that first batch of content out and launch the game without a plan on how you're going to follow up. And you have to market that plan and you have to stick to the plan. That is what's happened with Apex Legends. And at this point, the game is so strong that even a leak like this that essentially exposes all the content for the game for the next two years still won't bring it down. And now for a couple more stories from the top of your sifts. A brand new Ghostbusters game was announced today called Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. This asymmetric multiplayer game from the developer of Friday the 13th and Predator Hunting Grounds has been unveiled to launch this fall for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. And best of all, there will be full crossplay between all the platforms. Unfortunately, the game does not include most of the actors from the original films. How it works is that one player plays as the ghost while the rest try to capture him or her. The trailer does show off several iconic locations from the movies, so while Rick Moranis, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray haven't made the cut, there should be enough authenticity to keep fans happy. Ubisoft has decided to drop its lawsuit against the producer of the Assassin's Creed Symphony. The publisher had just filed the lawsuit in February, claiming that the company it paid to produce the concerts in 2019 and 2020 had violated their contract several times over, including not getting Ubisoft's approval for trademark use, failing to meet minimum quality standards, not sending royalty payments, and more. But it sounds like everything's fixed up now, and Ubisoft has decided to settle the suit with Massimo Galata Productions and plans on continuing the concert series with a different partner. The new series will be called Assassin's Creed Symphonic Adventure, and that begins on October 29th in Paris, France. Easter's on the way, and Microsoft and Xbox are definitely in the spirit. Today, Xbox unveiled a new collection of Xbox controllers designed by a variety of peripheral makers like PowerA, OtterBox, and 8BitDo. These new pastel-colored accessories for both Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC include a spring collection 
with wired controllers, with two fully mappable advanced gaming buttons on the back, anti-friction rings around each thumbstick, rumble motors in the grips, a 3.5mm stereo headset jack, and a 10-foot detachable cable. The Lavender Swirl Cotton Candy Blue Pink Lemonade and Purple Camo controllers are available to pre-order now from the Microsoft Store and other retailers for $37.99 each. In a related note, Xbox also announced that a Sonic the Hedgehog giveaway will include furry Xbox controllers. That's right. The controllers are covered in blue fur. No thanks. EA announced today that the return of its PGA Tour video game is now being delayed by a full year. The first EA golf game since 2015 was supposed to release this spring, but the publisher has admitted that it's not going to make it in time. Not only that, it's been delayed all the way into 2023 because it has no chance of releasing in the Masters window. Instead, EA Sports PGA Tour will launch before or around the time of the Masters tournament in 2023, to capture the interest in that event and the Augusta National Golf Club, both of which will reappear in a video game for the first time since 2013. The Masters is traditionally scheduled for the first full week of April, and when it releases next spring, EA's golf game will be the only one featuring all four major tournaments, the Masters, the US Open, the British Open, and the PGA Championship. Then you toss in the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass, the FedEx Cup and its season-ending playoffs, and the Evian Championship of the LPGA, and the Ladies European Tour. It's an ambitious game, and it just needs a little more time on the driving range. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll tackle today's boss fight. Welcome to today's Boss Fight, where I tackle random topics that may or may not be related to video games. In the last week, we finally got an extended look at an open-world action RPG set in the wizarding world of Harry Potter called Hogwarts Legacy. The development of this game has been rocky, to say the least. First of all, there's Miss Rowling who has stirred up the internet with some of her comments around LGBTQ issues and transgender people. It has changed the perception of the Harry Potter IP. There's no doubt about it. People are having a personal reckoning over their support of the books and the films, and in this case, the brand new video game. But not just any video game. This is the Harry Potter video game that people have been waiting their whole lives for. This 14-minute gameplay chunk that was just shown off is a fever dream for Potter fans. It lets you basically take the role of Harry Potter, but as yourself, you create a character, you end up in a house, and from there you start your own wizarding adventure inside and outside the school. It's open world, there's combat, there's... It has everything. It has all the creatures. It has all the locations. Now, it doesn't have all the characters because the game is set around 100 years before the time of Harry Potter. But it is just a breathtaking rendition of Hogwarts. 
it truly looks to be the best Harry Potter video game ever made. And fans are understandably excited. Now, I am not a gigantic Harry Potter fan, but even I am very pumped for this game. But there's a problem. Several developers who worked on this game have been, I guess for lack of a better term, outed as people who share some of the same views as J.K. Rowling. And to be honest, a lot of the fans of Harry Potter, particularly the older fans of Harry Potter, tend to be on the more liberal side when it comes to social issues like this, and so they have been placed in a conundrum. And that conundrum is how can they separate the art from artists? And can good art be made by bad people? Let's rewind a little bit back to the 20th century. There is a long history of amazing artists being terrible people. So many artists from the 20th century were anti-Semites. T.S. Eliot, Wagner, Degas. Not only did they have harsh things to say about the Jews, they were also drunks, they took drugs, they were backstabbers, they were adulterers, they... You name it. Just generally not good people. There are so many bad things that great artists have done. But why should we be surprised or think otherwise? Why should artists be any better than the rest of us? They're just human like us, right? Then there are contemporary artists like Michael Jackson, who were once so beloved. But now, many cringe when listening to the lyrics in some of his songs and turn them off altogether when they come on. In this way, an artist's morality actually changed the perception of the art. Then there's R. Kelly who actually used his art to tip his hand. One of his most popular songs is called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, and now he's in prison for sex trafficking. But here's the thing. Not only can a bad person write a good novel or paint a good picture or write a great song, but a good picture, novel, or song can depict something truly horrible. Great art requires a degree of concentration, commitment, dedication, and preoccupation, but it does not require a certain level of morality. So, there's the moral and the aesthetic part of it, which a lot of us can probably get past. But then there's the financial part, where you don't want to support bad people with your hard-earned money. It's a little easier with artists like Wagner, who have been dead for a really long time. He's not making money off his art anymore. It might be easier to rationalize that, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about J.K. Rowling, who still holds the license for everything Harry Potter. For a lot of us, I think it comes down to plausible distance, meaning, can our minds plausibly separate the art from the artist. But this is almost always on a case-by-case basis. If, like with R. Kelly, the art is specifically about the artist's terrible behavior, it's practically impossible. In the case of Michael Jackson, his lack of morality may create a revised reflection on his art from before. Some may view his songs the same as they did before, some may not. In the case of Wagner, as I said, where his songs did not include lyrics and are therefore more open to personal interpretation, 
it may be possible to construct the plausible distance. And then there is just the physical distance of time, as I said with Wagner, and the act of forgetting. Artists from the past have a much better opportunity to escape comparisons between their personal lives and their work. So, should we buy Hogwarts Legacy if we have moral issues with J.K. Rowling's beliefs? Surely, she will reap rewards if the game is a hit. Are we sending her the message that we're okay with her beliefs by buying the game? Possibly. But you can always render that moot by donating to charities in equal measure or just refusing to purchase products that more directly benefit her bank account. And then there's always social media if you truly want to send her a personal message about how you feel. But you have to remember that it's not just J.K. Rowling. There are dozens of great people who love Harry Potter just as much as you do, who worked really hard on this game. You're not just considering the small royalty fee that Rowling is going to pocket from each sale of the game. You also have to consider that there are a lot of really good people who are depending on the sales of this game to stay employed. It's a tough, tough position to be in. And no matter what, it's a personal decision based on tolerance of whatever moral quandary the artist has placed the consumer in. But it's likely bad form to judge others based upon how they fall in with this question that's not at all easy to answer. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Gaming. I appreciate every single one of you who listens to GMG. I'm Shane Satterfield. Do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. And while you're there, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. And while you're using the interwebs, head on over to patreon.com sifted and drop the site a pledge. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, make sure you seize today because there will never be another. <laughs>